Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for well-qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. Indeed, it is time for the Get Right Here on the Fan. It's a Young Guns takeover of Woo! the Get Right Here until 11 o'clock tonight. My name is Alec Medford. I am joined by the fan phenom Blake Elliott. Talk to me. Rigo Mendoza holding things down for you. The Tolo, the Turn It On, Leave It On listener. We appreciate you so very much for doing just that here throughout the evening tonight. Uh, Reginald Atatula is on vacation. He will be back next week to get you right uh, here in just a few days. But until then, you are stuck with us. Stuck. You can't do anything. Don't turn your dial or we'll come and find you wherever you're driving. So you have to stay with us for the rest of the night, the rest of the week. You're stuck. I don't know what else to tell you. I don't know about all that. The truckwreck.com text line is 877-881-1053. 877-881-1053 to get involved in any and all of our conversations, including this one that we're going to open up our number two with. What makes this year different than the rest of the Mike McCarthy era. And I pose this question because, you know, I happen to Tolo. I happen to turn it on and leave it on. Oh, yeah. And I heard Jerry Jones on with Sean, RJ, and Robert, or uh, in this morning's case, as Jerry said, Sean, RJ, and Sean. Um, I heard him get posed the question, why is this year different than the previous seasons where you have failed to make the NFC title game? This will be cut number 11. Well, I, I really think that uh, uh, Dak, uh, Dak uh, playing uh, uh, the way he's playing, uh, the way he's playing um, uh, in coordination with uh, what Mike's wanting uh, it to be on the offensive side of the ball, uh, uh, understanding uh, with the, uh, maybe as a result of the. Uh, Time that he and Mike have spent together, but the understanding of uh, of just uh, the field position, the again the complementary football, and what a head coach that has uh, been around the what I call a walk around head coach that has been walking around or been around all phases of the football. Uh, they have a little different perspective when they're calling the plays on offense if they're the coordinator as well, and it's more complementary. And I think we're getting the benefit of that. But uh, I think Dak's adaptation to uh, what uh, Mike wanted to, uh, the direction he wanted us to go in, is big. 
I think he hit the nail on the head. Yep. yep. If we're being totally honest, I, I think that's what makes it different for me this year is the fact that the quarterback has fully mm-hmm. taken control and embraced this offense mm-hmm. and this little bit of change that hasn't been the biggest change. It's not a total scheme change mm-hmm. for the Cowboys between Kellen Moore and Mike McCarthy's offense, but it's noticeable. And it's noticeable that Dak seems comfortable in this environment now. Yeah, I think uh, he just hit it right on the nail. When I was watching that Cowboys-Eagles game, most of the the last couple ones, Dak usually plays well. Don't get me wrong. But there'll be a couple throws in there where you're like, ah, man, why'd you do that? Oh, the head scratchers. He just hasn't been making those plays this year where you can feel confident with that the Cowboys will, at least on the offensive side of the ball, move the ball up and down. Because the defense was great last year, arguably even better last year. Obviously, it's had its its great moments this year, but, like, the defense was lights out last year. So, defense was good last year, defense was good this year. Special teams, obviously, will move the needle a little bit. It was obviously a little bit better this year with Brandon Aubrey being amazing, Kevontae Turpin, but, I mean, Kevontae Turpin was in the Pro Bowl last year. But this year, the biggest difference has been Mike McCarthy and the flow of the play calling. Dak Prescott looks confident as ever. I mean, I even tweeted, there were some throws where I'm like, dang, that's a, it's like a Patrick Mahomes, like, why is he even attempting that? And he's fitting it right in the needle and getting these real precise passes in really small pockets. And, but you feel confident when Dak lets it go. And I would say Dallas fans haven't felt like this in a while where there's a, there's a defender right on top of it and the ball can only be in one spot. And Dak's putting it there, putting it on the money. And we have high caliber receivers that are going up and getting the ball. Jake Ferguson's coming into himself. So I just think we're just peaking all at the right time. The offense has just been flowing. The play calling seems to be on one accord. And then obviously, you know, it it helps that some other teams have kind of fallen off a little bit around you, whether that be AFC or NFC. Hasn't been the strongest year for the NFL. And sometimes that's what you need to get your confidence going. But really likes when they're seeing from the Cowboys. And I think the biggest difference is the guy under center and the guy on the with the play sheet on the sideline. And you mentioned that Dak is making some of these throws that you're like, oh, wow. And then you see what happens at the end of the Mm -hmm. play and you're like, okay, I don't question it anymore. Uh, Next in stats on Twitter put out after the Cowboys victory over the Eagles, that Dak Prescott was at his best targeting in breaking routes which is something that kind of scared fans the past couple of seasons, was uh, in between the hashes and in between the numerals. uh, He was 9 of 13 for 103 and two touchdowns on in-breaking routes, and he threw into a tight window on a season-high 30.8%. It felt like you're watching the game. I was like, whoa, oh, 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 it got through. There we go. Yeah, for 99 yards, the most (laughs) tight window passing yards by a quarterback in any game this season. Mm, Can you read that last part again? More than any quarterback? Most tight window passing yards by a quarterback in any game this season. Oh, Brock Purdy, Jalen Hurts, Mahomes. I don't know. That's your MVP? I don't know. And, and you know, everyone will say, oh, the Eagles' defense is decimated. Chiefs played them. Yeah. Um, I'm pretty sure we're in, like, week 14 or 15. I feel like this isn't the Eagles' first game of the year, so I don't want to hear that argument that anybody, just because it's the Cowboys, they played them all of a sudden, they're not good. They played other teams, and those other teams did not put up said stats that Alec just read off. So, continue, good sir. <laughs> so, I, I think I'm really just echoing, for the most part, Jerry's sentiment yep. with Sean and RJ this morning where, you know, it, the quarterback, it, and I hate talking about these things for so long and it's such long periods of time, the immeasurable things that you can't put pen to paper and say, this is why this is better. You just watch the game and there is poise, there is control, there is a method to the madness, as you said, 
by both the guy under the center and the guy with the play sheet in his hands on the sideline, even after an appendectomy. Um, so I, I think it just comes down to the team having that confidence that they know every given play, we can line up, we're not going to do anything too crazy, and we're just going to say we're better than you on offense. We are better than you. We're going to beat you on this play. And see, the thing is, they're not just lining up like no creativity and just running it in between the tackles. They have creativity. They're motioning at one of the highest rates in the NFL. They're moving guys around. They're using Cavante Turpin on different ways. CeeDee Lamb's had some run plays. Jake Ferguson on some slip outs. So I just love that they're not falling in love with, hey, we've got talent and we've got some big, strong guys up front. And we're just going to run the ball and just line up like they're still using creativity and some trickery to get some guys open. And then when they get down on the goal line, getting that heavy set out and just letting Rico or Tony Pollard run in between the tackles and punch it in. So I think there's a good balance between flash and creativity and just straight up grit and power and talent. So I think this team is trending in all the right directions and we're seeing it be a, a different football team than we've seen the last couple of years. This might be one of Prescott's best, if not the best on the field season so far. He is second in the league in EPA per attempt at .29 and passer rating at 107.5, and his touchdown-to-interception ratio at 4.7 is the best of any quarterback with more than 250 attempts this season. Yeah, him and Brock Purdy are just splitting hairs pretty much on every stat. So yeah, they really are. They go back and forth on who's leading QBR and completion rating and all those stats, so I don't even like to like bring them up when it comes to like debating the two because they're so close and they go back and forth. So honestly, time will tell on that one. Just whoever loses the game first will probably fall out of that race. But uh, yeah, both of them are playing really good. And Dak, you know, could be said is doing it with a little bit less. You know, he's still putting up the numbers. So we'll see how it uh, pans out in the end. How big do you think communication has been? this season because we already got a text with the here we go cadence on it here we and go we we found out the origin story of that we did uh, through john mashota of the athletic basically the yeah is like get ready the here we go is shut up like stop communicating i'm about to snap the ball you know whether it's a double cadence or what have you uh it, it's about to get snapped i need you guys t- to stop talking let's mm-hmm. get ready to beat this team on this given play uh so how big do you think communication has been in part of all this success that we've seen on uh the offensive side of the I, ball i think it's been everything i mean there hasn't really been very many times that he's lined up in a set where it doesn't look like the guys don't know what they're going on i can't remember how many times last year and a lot of it i saw Cavante turpin did it a lot last year gallup and there would be some false starts or guys running the wrong routes or you'll see them at the line kind of throwing their hands. Like, What's the play call? I feel like that's happened. Maybe I can count on one hand how many times that's happened. So it seems like everyone knows almost, you know how at the beginning of the game, Alec, they have their little play sheet of here's the 15, 20 players are going to run. So obviously there's not really any confusion. It feels like it's like that the whole game. Obviously they're evolving it based on what the defense is doing, but it just feels like they know what's coming. They're like, they're on the, the receivers and the running backs. And the tight ends are on the same page as Dak. And that's a really hard thing to do. They're like, yeah, this is what play we should be running. Okay, the play's called. I already know where I'm supposed to be. And they understand why the play is being called. And I think that's a bigger thing that makes winning football teams. There's a difference in just running the play. Oh, I have to run a dig route. The other guy's running a corner. Why am I running a dig? Oh, they're in cover two and I'm trying to pull the corner out so the guy can run a seven cut behind me. And like understanding why am I running this route? And it feels like everyone on the field understands what they're doing out there. And then obviously Dak Prescott is being the driving force of this and distributing the ball around. And it feels like everyone's bought into their role and communication seems like it's at an all-time high. But 
all this is done at practice. During practice, throughout the week, locking into those meetings so that when it comes to Sunday, Thursday, whatever the game is, it's just another practice and we're just running full speed against another team. And I look like a well-oiled machine, but it happens in between the week. Do you think the game against the Eagles was, was McCarthy's best play-calling effort so far this season? Because I think he called damn near a perfect game. And Dak Prescott even echoed that after the game, saying even that strip sack fumble that got taken to the house for a touchdown for the Eagles defensively, he said even that play was supposed to be a touchdown. That's why he was holding the ball kind of low and away from his body. He was getting ready to cock back and throw it downfield. He said there was a wide-open touchdown waiting for him down there. He said he just needed a third of a second more to set his feet and get that ball out. So a, a breakdown in protection there is what happened and caused a defensive touchdown for the Eagles. And outside of that, he said McCarthy had some great situational play calls that just made so much sense and it showed in the box score. I think this might have been his best play-calling effort this season. Yeah, he was cooking. I mean, that even on that first drive, what was it, third and two or third and three in the Cavante Turpin with a little end yes. around? And I was like – That was beautiful. I was like, okay, we're, we're, we're for real. Like, we're not just going to run it right up the middle and just hope that our power – we're going to use our speed on the outside, get a tight end out there blocking Ferguson. Wow. Has become a great blocking and receiver. And man. people – I know people see the highlights of him jumping over people – but watch the tape. This guy blocks really well, which is why he's able to be on the field so much. And he's out there throwing lead blocks. And you have you have the luxury of on third down, we could get the ball to Pollard on the outside. We could give it to Rico. We could give it to Turpin or CD. Like all four of those guys could realistically run the ball on third or fourth down. And I feel comfortable about that. And not a lot of teams can say that outside of probably the 49ers. So I just think that create he's using all his players to the best of their ability. He's not just using Cavante Turpin as a decoy. And C.D. Lamb just as an intermediate slot guy. Like, he's using everybody at the best of their ability. And that, like I said, in practice, he's trying things. People are bought in. And then it's, he's able to implement it and have fun and really be like Mike McDaniel-esque on Sunday. I mean, obviously, there's levels to it. But McCarthy is getting back in that rhythm that he was like in Green Bay. Uh, Dana and Crowley likes your point about having multiple receivers in the same area. Mm -hmm. And you hear Brian Broaddus talk about it on the G-Bag Nation 2-7 to seven on the fan. Pretty much every time you see one of those like weird turnovers. It happens every once in a while. You, know, you, you see, he, he, he always says, like, if you see more than or less than like five yards of separation between two receivers, someone ran the wrong route. Oh, 100%. You yeah. know, he always says that. That's what it comes down to is, look, if they are that close to each other, either the wrong play was called or the wrong route was run by someone because that is the never, <laughs> never supposed to happen. Uh, but I just think that this is a great conversation that we get to have now that this might be the year that it's actually different, you know, and obviously the only goalpost that people are going to care about is do they make it to an NFC title game? Do they win the Super Bowl? And of course, that's all that matters. I, I fully agree. But it does feel like this team just has a different presence about them, both on the field and off. I feel like this team is quietly confident now. Mm -hmm. Like they used Ask to be. Marcus Lawrence. It ain't quiet. Yeah, like they. <laughs> Tank is always going to talk, but it feels like for the past few years they've been a lot more vocal, mm -hmm. you know, about their success than like the Jason Garrett era. Even like they were always talking about themselves and their success. Now. Even Prescott said it post-game, what was the speech like from McCarthy after the game? He said it was literally just like chop, 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 break it, get out of here. Yeah. You know, it was not. They expect this now. Yeah, like they expect to come in and win football games, especially at AT&T Stadium. But this coming Sunday, they have to do it against 
the Buffalo Bills in Buffalo, New York. The Billy's Archer Park. This will be a great test to see if everything we said is factual or if we are total idiots after just a few days. It's my favorite part of this job is like you can sound like a genius at one point and then literally by the end of the week you sound like the biggest dumbass on the radio. But one. that's how the NFL works any given Sunday. And if it's felt like that across the rest of the league. It's been in any given Sunday league. Uh, okay. this, this year especially. So I was looking at the Cowboys' fall start penalties. They have 13 this year. Ten teams have less than them. So they're kind of right in that middle towards the towards the, yeah, better, the better half of the bottom, you know. Only 13 against you. You know, you got teams like Tennessee that have 25 and the Jets who have 24. So They're in the better half. Yep. So yep. That, that speaks to the communication. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Here we go. Everyone's on the same page. How can you mess that one up? I see what you did there. Uh, so that's what makes this different. Uh, this year different rather than whatever the hell I just said. Uh, that's what makes this year different than the rest of the Mike McCarthy era, according to Jerry Jones and ourselves. Here on the Get Right, a Young Guns takeover of the Get Right as Reggie Atatula is on vacation. And coming up next, we will continue one of Reggie's staples with wild facts from NFL Week 14. We'll do that next on the Get Right. This segment of the Get Right is brought to you by Frankel and Frankel. Life is unpredictable and accidents happen. Frankel and Frankel are the go-to attorneys for car and truck wrecks in the DFW. And if your loved one have been injured in an accident, contact Frankel and Frankel for a free consultation at truckwreck.com or call 214 or 817-333-3333. Hurts in the gun. Snap back looking, throws it out underneath to A.J. Brown. He fumbled the ball. And it is recovered by Dallas. That looked like a catch and a fumble, and that's what it was. Back here on the Get Right on 105.3 The Fan, about to give you some wild facts from the Week 14 action across the NFL, courtesy of CBS Sports. My name is Alec Medford. I'm joined by the fan phenom, Blake Elliott. Talk to me. And you, the Tolo, in for Reginald Atatula tonight and for most of the week, as he will be gone all week on vacation. He is back next week, so do not worry, but you're stuck with us for tonight. A Young Guns takeover of the Get Right, but even though Reggie is not here, we'll continue doing some of his uh, traditional segments. Of course, we will have sharing time at 940 uh, coming back, even though he is not here. But one of those that Reggie usually does each week is wild facts from the NFL any given week and week 14 action had some wild facts. Uh, absolutely. And we're going to start with the Philadelphia Eagles because, of course. Two field goals. Yeah. No tutties. You suck. You um, suck. With their 33-13 to loss to the Cowboys, the Eagles became the first team in 40 years to have a record that's eight or more games above 500 and lose back-to-back games by 20 or more. Mm, Jalen Carter scored more than Jalen Hurts, too. Y'all got the wrong Jalen playing quarterback. <laughs> I saw a meme that was terrible, but now I can't unsee it. The Mavs so, really just choked this, man. No way. We're down going into the fourth. Yeah, end of the third. The Mavs are down 95-93 to 93 when at one point they were absolutely dominating. We will continue to keep you up to date on that game, and we'll get you the full recap at 10 o'clock. Uh, but 
What you got uh, for me? The meme of Jalen Hurts that I was thinking of. Someone tweeted, he looks like Jose the Jalapeno on a stick, the Jeff Dunham character. And now, <laughs> I, that or the tortilla from, and now uh, I can't unsee it. The tortilla from Sausage Party, that's usually my favorite one. Oh, God. <laughs> that one's great, too. But uh, we are on video, twitch.tv slash Dallas Fan Cam or 105 through the fan on YouTube. I'm going to go ahead and just. Yes. I'm just going to go that's, ahead and. That's you know, the one right there. Let's see. Let Here me we see. go. I'll see if I can find yeah. the tortilla one while you can <laughs> Yeah, he he definitely looks like uh looks like a meme is what he looks like. I'm sorry. <laughs> that that's horrible radio. But uh the last team that was in the situation to lose consecutive games in that manner was the nineteen eighty three Cowboys. Mm. The Cowboys started twelve and two that year, then got blown out in their final two games of the season, then promptly lost in the wild card round. It's not a good sign for the Eagles, and yes, he does look like an animated tortilla. Um, that is, that's. I don't think that sentence has ever been said in history. Oh, that's one Lord. of my favorite things to try to do when I'm on the radio is think of sentences that have never been said in human history and put them into existence. Okay, that is one of them. He looks like an animated tortilla. Yes, he does. So, so thoughts on the Eagles being historically bad? Um, obviously a little bit of an anomaly. They had a hard five game stretch. If I had to be objective chiefs, Cowboys coming, coming down, they've had a lot of games on the road. So, you know, I give them, I give them a little bit of slack, but Hey, everyone said they were just this, this lock for the NFC championship. Now they can't win a game and everybody's switching up saying that they were bad all year, but only a couple people have been saying they've been bad all year. You know, Alec been one of them. I called out, I called out preseason. I said, they'd be good. But I said, losing both coordinators, lost some defensive pieces, not going to be that good. And we saw it this week. Not as good as everyone thinks. The Vikings and Raiders made history. Oh, my gosh. That was hard to watch. Not great history. <laughs> the Vikings 3 to nothing win was the lowest scoring indoor game in NFL history. If you watched any of that game on Sunday, Bless I'm, you. I'm sorry. It was also the lowest scoring game since 2007 when the Steelers also beat the Dolphins by the score of three to nothing. I thought it was going to be a tie. I, I mean, really did too. I was like, it, there was not no point. I was like, yeah, they're yeah, there was. A, they, they had no right to score any <laughs> points. Neither team did. That was the most unserious brand of football yeah. we have seen in the National Football League this season, and probably in multiple and, seasons. And, and the crazy thing is, if you just look at the teams, you know, you would. Ex- I kind of expected like a 21-17 game. You got Justin Jefferson back. You got Devontae Adams probably. If you would probably ask, do a poll, that's probably the two best receivers in the league. You got those two guys with a Josh Jacobs. Like, there should be some points put up, but no. Three to zero. It like, definitely caught me off guard. At I was least like, six. Yeah. The bar is on the ground. Yep. Why is this on my TV? Yep. I'm sorry. I'm just, I get really annoyed when, you know, even though I have no say in this and I don't Josh, have any affiliation to these TV networks, but I just hate when. TV networks pay billions of dollars for these games, and you're going to give me a three to nothing game that is not entertaining in the very least. Josh Dobbs is throwing hospital balls out there. That's he got Justin Jefferson hurt. And guess what? He might have just lost his job. And he, yep, he's you benched. Wanna, Nick you, Mullins coming in, like yeah. Well, uh, thanks for taking that headline for around the NFL. Oh, on the other side. Gosh, Blake, I did it again. I tried to stop you, but you you you, you kept going. You kept going. Man, I don't know what we're gonna do with that. <laughs> That Nick Mullins news right there. I know <laughs> it's a it's a total backbreaker. It, you you, you got to be better. It you just be popped better. up on here too. Yep, <laughs> Justin Jefferson. Uh, I'm totally trolling. Uh, goose eggs all over the place. Somehow there were two games on Sunday 
uh, with the Vikings, Raiders, and Texans Jets that had a halftime score of nothing to nothing, make uh, marking the first time since October 30th of 1988 that we had two games go to halftime with zero points on the same day. Bad football. AFC football, that's what happens. Really bad football. I love how the top of the AFC is just peak football. Mm-hmm. It, it is the best brand of football you will ever see. Mm-hmm. And then the bottom of the AFC is the total polar mm-hmm. opposite. Yep. Yep. Chargers, Chargers falling into that too. Chargers are getting out of the good or even mid football. They're falling into the pretenders bottom bottom of the league football. That was a hard game to watch too, man. It was. Uh, but let's see. The Jets' offense is unstoppable, reads this weird <laughs> fact. Oh, gosh. Although the Jets got blanked in the first half, they ended up scoring 30 points against the Texans. That marked the first time in 18 games that the Jets have scored three touchdowns in a game. That 18-game drought was the longest in the, in the NFL since the Seahawks did it in the 1992-1993 season. Hey, man, Zach Wilson must have saw somebody mommy in the crowd because okay. he was hooping. Okay. And, you know, he got the confidence. What did he say before he went out there, I think, to uh, one of the defensive players? What am I going to do, get benched again? Yeah. He, he's feeling himself. That was such like, a bar. It's like that I don't got nothing to lose. Bar. I think Zach Wilson has quite quickly become from most hated to a lot of people want to see him succeed now. I know because I feel bad for feel him. bad. He's trying. Like, he's got a terrible O-line. Nobody's Half dying. the coaching staff believes doesn't believe in him. He gets benched for Tim Boyle, who has maybe the worst stats you've ever seen. Then Tim Boyle gets cut. They throw him back in there. <laughs> reports of him not wanting to be there. Aaron Rodgers sticks up for him. And now he goes in there and balls out. So shout out to the kid. Not saying he's going to be the long-term answer, but I'm glad he got him a W on Sunday night. Or not Sunday night, Sunday evening. From the 940, what are you seeing in the AFC that gives you the top brand of football? You're just going off a of preseason rhetoric that's absolutely false. No, I'm not. The Baltimore Ravens are playing fantastic football. The Buffalo Bills are resurging. Like the AFC is still great. The Cincinnati Bengals have Jake Browning. That's the best quarterback, quarterback in the league. That's <laughs> the best quarterback in the league. Don't disrespect my boy JB like that. If you told me that Joe Burrow <laughs> was going to go down this season, they get another and, JB. Yeah, and they put in another dude go- that they called JB for whatever reason <laughs> because his name is Jake Browning, and he was going to succeed, I would not have believed you. Like, this is great football being played in the AFC at the top. Mm-hmm. At the bottom, it is awful. The Chiefs have been worse than advertised, but they're still out here at least playing entertaining football. Who would have thought the defense would be the strong suit of the team? Exactly. Like, if anything, I feel like a lot of the rhetoric that you're talking about from the preseason is false in a good way. It's a lot of parody. I think a lot of things that we all expected and should expect just isn't true. We thought the Broncos would be a strong defense, good, bad, or bad offense. It's been the complete opposite. Cortland Sutton's been a touchdown monster. Chiefs would be a decent offense. Offense has been absolutely terrible. They can't score over 20 to save their life. But the defense has kept them in a lot of games. Bills are what we thought they were, kind of struggling. But a lot of parity. Ravens probably going to come out on top. But, yeah, um, don't be mean, guys. <laughs> That's all I can say. Yeah, 9-4-0 is just trolling out at this point, saying Baltimore Ravens get out of here. They're tied for the best record in the National Football League. Hey, Mavericks but. came back a little bit, down by two, eight Three game left. winning streak, by the way. Uh, yeah, we'll keep you up to date on the Mavs game throughout the rest of the game itself as it will end before uh, our show ends. Uh, Elsewhere with the weird facts from NFL Week 14 action. Uh, Let's see. I kind of want to move away from the Jets. We've talked about them too much. You know what? We talked about 
Jake Browning. So is it Joe Browning or Jake Burrow? Jake Browning has now completed 79% of his passes, which is highest, the highest completion percentage in NFL history for a quarterback through his first three starts. With a 54-yard touchdown pass against the Colts, Browning now has two touchdown passes of 50 yards or more on the season, which is as many as Joe Burrow. And you want to tell me that the AFC is not playing fun football. It's just not what we expected, and people don't like change, and it's understandable. But great football isn't always putting up 500 yards and five touchdowns. Sometimes it's playing gritty defense, so it is what it is. It is what it is, and it be what it be. It be what it be. Uh, Debo Samuel was really good with 149 receiving yards along with one rushing touchdown and one receiving touchdown against the Seahawks. Debo Samuel became the second player in NFL history with at least 100 receiving yards, a receiving touchdown, and a rushing touchdown in back-to-back games, joining Timmy Brown, who did this last in 1960. What a name. And Debo's a system player, remember? Yeah. Yeah. Great great route runner. People love to act like he just catches screens, (laughs) which he's very good at, but he still runs some good downfield routes. Him and Ayuk are... You know, uh, the the media will construe things, and sometimes we may even twist things left and right, but the 49ers are a good team for a reason. They don't just throw screen passes the entire game. They run some downfield routes, and Debo and Ayuk are great route runners, and it's shown, and that's why they're the best team in the NFL right now. So, And still trolling on the truckwreck.com text line saying there's not great quarterback play. Well, listen not to Not really this anywhere fact. in the NFL, honestly. Well, listen to this great fact about the quarterback play in the AFC that apparently is not that great. Fabulous Flacco reads the little bold text, and it says that Joe Flacco threw three touchdown passes of at least 30 yards, becoming the first Browns quarterback to accomplish that in one game since 1980. Yeah, he's why I lost. He threw two touchdowns to David and Joku in fantasy, and I lost by three points because who was expecting David and Joku to score 27? And that's our problem. We look at names, and we're like, Joe Flacco, David and Joko. that team can't be good. He's hey, man, they, we, they go out there and play the games. Names on papers do not win your games, and records do not matter as, as long as you get into the postseason. So you can have the not the household names, not have the best record. You get in the postseason, crazier things have happened, man. Crazy things can happen. So I just say keep your eyes open. Don't just read the headlines of who your favorite player is and think that's going to be the best team Justin Jefferson and, and the Vikings, you would think, would score 30 a week, but they can't even put up three. They are bad. Let's wrap up our weird facts from NFL Week 14 action with two more. One, Brandon Butter Aubrey now holds the record for longest first quarter field goal in NFL history. Aubrey set it against the Eagles on Sunday when he hit from 60 yards out. Aubrey also became the first player in NFL history to hit two field goals of at least 59 yards in the same game. Shout out, Butter Aubrey. Butter. He has been a godsend. And remember, the AFC was trash, right? Well, the AFC is on fire. The AFC has 11 teams in the conference that currently have a winning record, which is the highest number by one conference through 14 weeks since 1970. But the AFC is boring. That's your week 14 NFL weird facts. Uh, I got the stats for you, man. I got the stats. I got I got one right here. These are the quarterbacks that got a win in week 14. Bailey Zappi, <laughs> Zach Wilson, Joe Flacco, Nick Mullins, Jake Browning, Tommy DeVito, Will Levis, Derek Carr, Baker Mayfield, 
Russell Wilson. And then you got, you know, your Brock Purdy, Justin Fields, Josh Allen, Dak, and Lamar. If you'd have put a, a bet on that, can you imagine how much money that would have paid out, Alec? If you pay that before the season starts that these quarterbacks will get a win, you'd probably be a millionaire. A lot of parody we've seen in the NFL and some unsung heroes coming through for some unsung teams. I'm not good at math. Let's take a trip around the NFL next on the Get Right, where another starting quarterback done for the year. A veteran pass rusher is back in the league with a contender, and the Steelers are under investigation. For what? Find out next on the Get Right. This segment of the Get Right is brought to you by Classic Chevrolet. Classic Chevrolet is leading the way to finish the year number one in America. They're racing hard with year-end savings on over 400 Silverados. Shop them all at ClassicChevrolet.com. This is Texas. This is Classic Chevrolet. Find new roads and relax and enjoy the difference. Back here on the Get Right on 105.3 The Fan, we will take a trip around the NFL here in just a moment. Alec Medford and the fan phenom Blake Elliott. Talk to me. Full show tonight with you until 11 o'clock. And then tomorrow, it will be myself and the three-timer, Chris Arnold, from 8 to 11 after Cowboys Crosstalk. I uh, believe we are going to have a station debut from DallasCowboys.com tomorrow. Nicole Hutchinson will join us. Mm. Uh, and we're going to put her on the map. We're, we're doing the whole Young Guns thing yep. here with you and me. I'm mm-hmm. trying to help grow that mm-hmm. in the in the media landscape. And uh, you guys are going to get introduced to a very fun person. Uh, let's go and take our trip around the NFL. Take me around the NFL, Alec. Be the driver of this ship and take us around the NFL. Would you like that vocal um, piece right there? I'm stuck between I'm kind of impressed and I kind of hate it. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm stuck somewhere between there because like that, that was great improv, but uh-huh. God was that. Okay. Uh, if you're wondering about the Mavs game, uh, right now it's 113 to 108 in favor of the Mavs with five minutes left to play at the double AC. We will keep you up to date as that game will go final here in under five minutes, and we will break it all down at 10 o'clock uh, to get you the full details of what happened because Luca's going off, Dante Exum's going off. We got a lot to talk about. Um, our trip around the NFL starts as another starting quarterback is injured and done for the year. The L.A. Chargers announced today that Justin Herbert will undergo season-ending surgery on his fractured finger. Uh, he he suffered the injury during Sunday's loss to the Broncos, um, and he had been placed or has been placed on injured reserve and is expected to have the surgery uh, either at some point today or tomorrow. Don't know if it actually happened yet. Haven't seen any reporting on that. It was in the second quarter of the twenty-four to seven loss that the Chargers took. To the Denver Broncos, he completed a pass to his tight end, and as he made the throw, he was hit by defensive end Zach Allen, and he remained in the game for a little bit, but eventually found out that he has a fractured finger, and it's the second fractured finger that he has suffered this season in the week four win over the Vegas Raiders. Uh, The Chargers quarterback broke the middle finger on his non-throwing hand while attempting a tackle following an interception. He didn't miss any time, but he had that giant, like, taped-up thing on the glove, so it looked like a massive alien finger on Mm -hmm. his middle finger uh, and non-throwing hand, so he was able to play with it. This one knocks him out for the remainder of the season. Well, Justin Herbert throws a hard ball, so maybe um, with, um, what is it, Eaton Stick? Very hard ball. 
Yeah, Mr. Easton Stick and the corresponding move that was made after he got put on Duggies. IR. Max Duggies. Duggan, TCU legend, baby. Duggies. He's back. He got signed to the active roster. So it will be Easton Stick until further notice. Well, maybe they throw a softer ball and Quentin Johnson can actually catch a ball. Okay. We'll see. Hey, I mean, Max Duggan played with Quentin Johnston at TCU. Maybe they can get that sparked up again. And Quentin Johnston throws or receives like three touchdowns in the next two games. I don't know. Yeah, I'm still taking the under. Yeah, me too. Uh, I'm just trying to be hopeful. Just trying to be hopeful. So uh, just add that to the list. Of quarterbacks that have gone down. No, outside of that, it's been a hard season for the Chargers. They, I mean, a lot of it's been their own fault, but I mean, five and eight, quarterbacks hurt. Yeah. Really no bright spots to look forward on this team. I mean, it's not like they're super young. Quarterbacks kind of underperform. Coach is probably gone. They should be a lot better. Yeah. Like, they should be. They have the roster every year. You look on paper, as far as Madden goes, great team. Great team. I'm winning the Super Bowl with them in my dynasty league every year. But they can't seem to figure it out in real life. So having your quarterback out is not a great sign. And another, like you said, another star quarterback out for the year. I mean, it's just piling up, piling up. It's been a bad year for quarterbacks, man. I think we're at something like 54 quarterbacks have started games this year. Might even be more than that, man. Yeah, it's, like it's, it's insane. It's been ridiculous to see how much has happened to quarterbacks this year. I teased that. A veteran pass rusher is back in the league, uh, and he's signing with a contender. Melvin Ingram, speaking yep. of the Chargers, yep. uh, longtime Charger, agrees to a deal with the Miami Dolphins. I feel like he's played with them before, <laughs> or somebody like him. I just I feel like I've seen this deja vu, this headline before of him playing with them. So interesting. Then they just lost their center. Yeah, I think Connor Williams, who's had a good year, is out for the year for the Dolphins, and I think they lost a. That was the Bills who lost the corner, but yeah, some injuries. So. Interesting, interesting. You were right in thinking that he played for the Dolphins at one point because he did last season. Okay, okay, I thought he did. Yeah, he uh, had some interest from the Cleveland Browns this offseason but opted to remain a free agent. Uh, Last year, he totaled 22 tackles, six sacks, and 10 quarterback hits, also a forced fumble in uh, two fumble recoveries while appearing in every regular season game for Miami last season. He had two tackles in the playoff loss to the Bills. They really need depth at the position with Jalen Phillips on season-ending injured reserve after tearing his Achilles. Ingram is 34 years old and has played 145 games in 11 seasons with four different teams. So it's kind of rare that you have a veteran presence like that just sitting on the open market at this point in the season. Obviously, they're not expecting him to be a game-breaker or anything, but they need depth. Uh, Jalen Phillips was having a really good year for them, too, out Mm -hmm. in Miami, so it was really sad to see him go uh down with the Achilles injury and they had that on hard knocks they actually had the field mics pick that up and everything that was so sad it was such a hard scene to watch when he popped his Achilles because he just instantly goes down right when the ball is snapped and he he knows it right off the bat he's telling the trainers I just popped my Achilles and he's just in denial he's like why me why me that sucked um so there you have it the Miami Dolphins pick up Melvin Ingram to bolster Mouth. that linebacker uh, room, if you will, the Steelers are under investigation. What for now? They're they're receivers being divas. Investigation's yeah. out. They are. Yeah. <laughs> All you have to do is just go watch a couple of plays, and you know that. <laughs> uh, but ESPN reports that the NFL and NFLPA are jointly reviewing T.J. Watt's concussion and the concussion protocol mm. after the Steelers' pass rusher entered the protocol a day after taking a hard hit 
early in Pittsburgh's Thursday night loss to the New England Patriots. Watt entered the league's concussion protocol Friday morning after he arrived to the Steelers practice facility and reported concussion symptoms following Thursday night's game. Uh, He was hit in the face by running back Ezekiel Elliott's knee on the first play of the game. He missed just two plays before returning to the field. So sounds like they really didn't test him at all. Yeah. uh, If he only missed two plays. And he did the little smelling salts on the sideline. I saw that and kind of got back in there. So it's going to be an interesting kind of um, investigation, if you will. I don't think that these things kind of happen out of nowhere. It's usually a, a long protocol to go through. So if a guy is back in and it's not through the correct protocol, the league will take action because player safety is at an all-time high right now. So it'll be interesting to see how this all plays out. It's not a great look because head injuries and protecting the head has been at the forefront of the NFL and NFLPA's research and rulemaking and what have you for the past decade. And when you find yourself in a situation like this where a dude gets drilled in the head, he misses just two plays, they're probably, if I had to guess, they're probably going to get punished here. And it just amazes me that nobody in the game, they have those independent neurologists in, in the stadium up in the press box that will buzz down to the refs and be like, hey, get this guy off the field. He's yeah, not okay. Yeah. I'm surprised something like that didn't happen where they said, hey, at least take him into the blue tent and check him out, at least. It was just two plays, back in, buddy, and now he's got a concussion. So. Nope, no blue tent was had, and that's negligence you don't want to see. But, hey, man, we've kind of come to expect that with the Steelers not doing the right thing as Dante Exum hits the dagger in the corner. Oh, my gosh. 127 to 120, the score right now with under a minute left to play the double AC between the Mavericks and the LA Lakers. Elsewhere around the NFL, you will never guess what I'm about to talk about and what's about to happen, Blake. Talk to me. You could never see this coming. Like LeBron missing a layup. (laughs) You could never see this coming. I'm a million. Josh Dobbs is getting benched. (gasps) Why? You had no idea I was going to say that. I didn't. Wow. I didn't. Wow. I'm glad you told me. Joshua so, Dobbs, the pastronaut, no more. Pastronaut. <laughs> I hate those nicknames so much. Bob Dobbelina. Yeah, the uh, the Cinderella story is over. As the Vikings announced that they will be making a quarterback change, Nick Mullins will start against the Bengals this coming Saturday with Josh Dobbs heading to the bench. Uh, Mullins is healthy after his time on injured reserve and now jumps into, shockingly, a playoff race. So it'll be Nick Mullins going forward for the Minnesota Vikings. Nicky, Nicky, no Dobbs. And I think Dobbs honestly gives them their best chance to win because I'm not that high on Nick Mullins. Dobbs is obviously not having, you know, they, they like to, I'll just say this. They move off you quickly as soon as you don't have one amazing game. I still think Josh Dobbs is a better quarterback than Nick Mullins, but... Mullins did start 17 games and already knows the system. So I, I will say, you know what? Give it a shot. Give it a shot. But do you want to win if you're the Vikings? Like, do you want It's not with Josh Dobbs. No, I'm saying, do you want to win or do you want to just, you know... They want to win, clearly, if they're making the quarterback change. <laughs> yeah. I'm asking you, if you were the if you were the GM, would you want to try oh, to still win games? Oh, absolutely not. But yeah. all of us in the media don't <laughs> care as much as they do. Yeah. They always want to win. They hate losing. They absolutely hate it. You saw it with the Patriots and Bailey Zappi on Thursday night football. They want to win games. They play to win the game. It sounds so paper like obvious, but oh no. Um elsewhere around the NFL, we go to the Miami Dolphins again. 
as head coach Mike McDaniel announced that wide receiver Tyreek Hill is day-to-day with an ankle injury, and center Connor Williams has a torn ACL yep. and is done for the year. That's so a big blow. He was doing really good this year. He has been ever since they moved him to that interior spot in the mm-hmm. line. The Cowboys were forever dumb for asking that man to play uh, elsewhere where yep. he was not comfortable. I think that you needed him to be furthest interior at the center position or put him back at tackle where he played at Texas mm-hmm. in college. Uh, but I do have some sound I want to get to because we play mentioned some hi- sound for me. Don't, Bedford. don't like how you said that. Uh, give, <laughs> it, it, give, it gives me Hawks vibes from their social media account. The hot five on five action. I don't Whoa, like that. I, I really don't me. like that. But uh, Tyree kill ended up Exiting yesterday's game for a brief moment with an ankle injury. He came back after halftime, re-entered the game, and we were speculating, me and CA, we said maybe a nice, uh, you know, seven-inch long needle was uh, handed Whoa, to a, to a doctor. with that. Yeah, yeah, that's what we do when it gets close to 9 o'clock. <laughs> um, and, you know, he was, uh, he was just drugged up, and he went back out there. But Tyree Kill says it was actually a text with his lady. That's all you need, man. The missus get on to you. Sucked like when it when it actually happened. You know, um, I, I obviously been dealing with some ankle injuries this whole season, and you know when it happened, like my my first reaction was like, man, my my ankle gone. Then my my adrenaline kicked in. I ran off the field. And then I sat for a while and got stiff. Like I was just going through a lot of pain, man. So then I just made up in my mind. I came in at halftime. I text my wife. I was like, bro, like it hurt. Like. Yeah, ankle massage tonight. She was like, "You better get your ass back in that game, dog." <laughs> I was like, "All right." So I just made up my mind that it's gonna hurt. It's gonna suck tomorrow morning, t- tonight, and tomorrow morning. You know, and I just went back in the game on my own without anybody saying, "Reek, go." Like, nah. It was like, "This, I gotta, gotta get out there," you know, and bring some energy. So all it took was the wifey saying, "Hey, get back out there." Stop being a baby. And if you were wondering, yes, you are allowed to text at halftime, apparently, because people were like, is that allowed? Well, Pro Football Talk put out a piece saying, uh, yeah, he was well within rules for doing that. So um, it, it, you're allowed if you're if you're the right person for the right person. Not everybody can do that. That's fair. That is totally fair. That's your trip around the NFL here on the Get Right. Coming up next, we open up our third hour with the College Football Corner. We have some draft declarations, the TCU defensive coordinator out, and a new one in, the AP All-American team, and maybe a fun ranking list. We'll do that next on The Fan. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month without a pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. <sighs> Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. 
Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. Oh, 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 O'Reilly. Protect your vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, oh, oh.